0: Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Come on, come on, you can have a seat. Come on, I am so excited about today. If we haven't gotten the chance to meet, my name is Devin. Um, I just want to say for you. I know that you're not here by coincidence, you're not here by accident, but God has something that he wants to give to you today, and I'm excited about that. Um, Our pastors are on vacation right now, a much-needed vacation, so they are are gone, um, but uh, they left it in our hands, me and Adam and Stephen Hill, and so hopefully we keep it together until they get back, but um, on a serious note, I always want to do a good job whenever um, I get up to communicate of honoring our pastors, because if you don't know them, they have a huge heart for people. Um, and they have just sacrificed so much um, for us to have this church, but also for um, in my own life personally, when I didn't look like much, they invested in me and said, hey man, you have a calling on your life, and, and not a lot of people do that. Not a lot of people will look at some, a young person and say, hey, you have something inside of you, and I want to help you get that out, because that takes a lot of patience, that takes a lot of hard work, and that takes a lot of saying the same thing over and over again, and Pastor Stephen and Katie are really good about that, and so I'm excited about today. We started a new series last week called blessed. And Pastor Steven talked about counting your blessings and I was just reminded about how so, how it's so easy for me to forget all the blessings that I have in my life. It's really easy. I don't know about you, but it's really easy for me to complain. Like I'm a good complainer. <laughs> Like when I go to a restaurant and I don't get the meal that I want, like I'm really good about being like, hey, this is terrible. Um, But it's really hard for me sometimes to remember all of my blessings. And so that was a good um, message. I'm going to continue today and I'm going to be talking about blessings in disguise. I'm going to be talking about blessings in disguise. Before we get into that, I want to share a little story. And I got the okay from my wife to share this story. Um, It's a story from my honeymoon. Come on, so me and Sydney got married in October of 2017. Come on, we getting old, girl. Uh, come on, that's exciting. And uh, we planned. Well, mostly Sydney planned this trip to Niagara Falls, okay? Um, and I thought it was awesome. I had never been to Niagara Falls. I, I saw it on TV. I thought it would be cool. It would be fun. And so she planned all these awesome things. We did a helicopter ride. We went to the falls. We drove up to Toronto one day. Um, and it was just really going well. We went to a Brazilian steakhouse where they just bring you, like, tons of food. And I was like, yes, this is what, this is what marriage life is like. This is awesome. It's going to be like this forever. No, um, and then one night, Sydney... Sydney loves to play games. Sydney is a game person. When we have people over, the first thing she asks is, like, what game do y'all want to play? I didn't like games before we were together, but now I've just learned to to love them. And so she thought it would be a great idea one night on the honeymoon to play this game called Bean Boozled. Okay. And so if you don't know what Bean Boozle is, it's basically a box of jelly beans and there's all these different colors and each color has two possible flavors, okay? So the blue one, it could be like the blueberry or it could taste like toothpaste. Um, the pink one is either peach or it, is, it tastes like throw up. It's, this game is it's, it's disgusting. They have some that taste like canned dog food. They have others that taste like grass clippings. They have one that is dirty dishwater and I don't know what type of evil person you have to be to think of this game. But Sydney thought it was a great thing to do on the honeymoon. And reluctantly, I went along because we were freshly married and I just didn't want to, you know, start any arguments on the honeymoon. So I was just like, you know what, we'll play. And I'm still convinced to this day, I was telling her this this morning, that she cheated. And <laughs> because I would eat one and it would be terrible and I would be ready to spit it out. And she would just be over there smiling and laughing and eating hers like, oh, this is Awesome. And like, why am I getting all of the terrible ones? I feel like she set me up. So I Googled to see like if you can like cheat and bean And you can. I'm just we're just going to talk about that later because I don't know. I feel like I got I still feel like I got all of the bad ones. But every now and then um, I would get one that I thought would be terrible and it would actually taste good and it would actually be fine. And I was like, okay, relief. I don't have one that's disgusting right now. Um, And I was surprised that it was actually good. And I think sometimes blessings can be like that in our lives. We get something or we step into a situation or we come across a moment and it seems like it's going to be the worst thing ever, but actually God can turn it and turn it into a blessing. And so that's what I want to talk about today. Um, Let's pray before we dive into it. God, we thank you, Um, God, that you bless us regardless of... Um, whether we see it or not, God. Whether we think that it's coming or not, God. You still bless us, God. I pray that you would fix our perspective, God. When we have the wrong perspective, God. When we um, think that you've forgotten about us, God. When we think that you've taken your hand off of our life, God. Remind us that your blessings sometimes look different than what we expect, but but God, sometimes they're better for us, uh, God. I pray that today we would just come in with soft hearts and open ears to what your word has to say. Um, God, that you would move through this service, and that we would leave differently um, than we came. Well, we're going to look at a couple verses in Romans real quick. Um, oh, I forgot to say, Amen, Amen. The prayer, the prayer is over. So, you know, I pray all the time. I promise, guys. Um, we're going to look at a couple verses in Romans. Uh, first, we're going to look at Romans chapter five, verse three through five, and it says this: Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance produces character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Now, I want to talk about that glory in our sufferings part because another translation says we rejoice in our sufferings. And for me, that's not how... I respond to suffering. That's not how I feel like you should respond to suffering. Like when, when I go through something hard, my first instinct is not to rejoice. But there is something um, that should be a little bit different about Christians, Christians is that we know when hard times come, Come on, there's going to be a good result on the end of it because we know the God that we serve. And so even though my situation doesn't always um, dictate rejoicing, my, my Savior does, my Father does dictate that. And so I focus more so on God than I do on my situation because I know I can rejoice in suffering. Because look at all the good things that it produces, perseverance, character, and hope. And so those are things that all of us would say we want. We want those, and the Bible is saying the way to get to those is through suffering. The next verse I want to look at is Romans chapter 8, uh, verse 28, and it says this, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So there's only two qualifications that you need for stuff to work out in your favor. And I can find some comfort in that. You just need to love God. And most of us here love God. And if you are here, um, you're either, uh, you have a relationship with God or you're curious about having a relationship with God. So you're taking steps toward loving God. And the good news about loving God is that anyone can do it. Um, You accept Jesus into your heart and you can have an open heaven and a relationship with God. So that's not something that's hard to do. And then the second thing is you just need to have a calling. And I believe that every single person has a calling because I don't think that God is just up there bored and inventing new people because he likes the way that we look. I think that there's an, there was a problem on earth and he needed you to solve it. So he created you. And as you walk that out, you're fulfilling the calling on your life. So all you need is to love God and have a calling. And pretty much everyone in here has that already. So things will work out for our good. Um, I want to talk about really two disguises that blessings take. Um, and I, when I was thinking about disguises, I think about my son Malachi and he's in the stage where he is wanting to choose what he eats and he, he's getting a little bit more vocal and he's getting a little bit more picky and he loves fruit snacks, right? He, he just, he loves fruit snacks. I don't have to disguise those. He just will take them. He will eat them. He will go and find them. He will hunt for them. He loves fruit snacks. Now, if I want him to eat carrots, is something different. Unless they're on my plate, he does not want them. So what I have learned is that I have to put the nasty stuff on my plate that I actually don't want, but I want him to eat and pretend like I like it. I have to disguise it as something that's really, really good for him to eat it, and it'd be actually really, really good for him. And so I have to, I'm, I'm learning some stuff with Malachi. i got to disguise some stuff. And so I want to look at a verse real quick um, that talks about discomfort, because I believe that, that the first disguise that blessings come wrapped in is discomfort. Um, and we see discomfort, and we don't, we don't like that word. Um, I've been, uh, I started back going to boot camp. I used to go to boot camp last summer. I started back going to boot camp reluctantly. People were talking about it and talking about it. And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to go in a moment of just like, yes, I'm going to go. And then I got there, and I was like, Oh my goodness, we're doing push-ups and sit-ups and squats and we're running and I'm tired and I'm not comfortable and I'm sweating and I don't like it here. But but a lot of us like the result of working out. Come on, getting swole. I'm just trying to get like Adam, I'm just trying to get swole, you know, so I can flex on Instagram, but it takes a lot of work and I have a lot to do as you can tell. Um, but 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, um, says this. Paul says, For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness. Weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. See, Paul here is talking about all these different things that are discomforts. Who wants calamity? Who just wakes up in the morning like, yo, I think I'm down for some calamity today. Like, <laughs> no, no one does this, but he's talking about being uncomfortable but still praising God, being uncomfortable but still knowing that even in my moments of of not feeling good, come on, God makes me stronger and God is my strength. And we don't do that a lot. I like comfort. I'll be the first one to admit I like comfort. I like my AC on a certain thing. I like my recliner, like laid back. I like sweatpants. I like heated seats and vehicles. I like Anything pretty much comfortable, I enjoy those things, okay? But I have to be careful, and we have to be careful that that doesn't seep into our heart, into our spiritual mindset, because God did not call us to live a life of comfort. God did not say, hey, you're going to have comfortability. That's That's my plan for your life. Now, Jesus did say he would send the Holy Spirit who would comfort us. But all that shows me is that there's, you're going to have to have a moment of being uncomfortable if the Holy Spirit is going to come in and bring you comfort. And so we have to have that realization that discomfort is not the enemy, even though it doesn't feel good. Um, it is actually something that pushes us closer to God. Um, and so the thing that I think about is that when we face discomfort, uh, we have a decision to make. Um, so discomfort comes, whether you may get an opportunity, you may, somebody may ask you to do something, somebody may encourage you to do something, or um, the Holy Spirit may speak to you and say, hey, go and do that. And then you have an opportunity to step into discomfort. You can either stand up and face it, or you can back down and let it rule your life. And here's what I mean by that is that insecurity will rule your life if you let it. Um, fear will rule your life if you let it. That voice in your head that tells you you can't do it, people don't, people don't think of you like that, or, or you're not good enough, those things will literally control and dictate how your life goes if you let them. But we have the power to stand up and overcome those. And so I don't know what your discomfort is. Um, for me, um, for a long time, it was I didn't feel like I belonged. And no matter how many people told me I did, I would walk into a room and I felt like nobody really liked me. And so I've had to fight and I've had to pray and I've had to speak myself into believing that, hey, you actually have a place here. You actually have a purpose. You actually have something good to say, like people um, need what you have inside of you. And so whatever that thing is, whatever that comfort zone is that you've built around yourself, I want to encourage you to, to push past that because while the comfort that you can find in the world feels good, the comfort that you get from the Holy Spirit is even better. And the comfort that you get from answering the call of God on your life is even better. And God will not only push you forward, but he'll protect you as you're walking out your calling. So don't miss out on a blessing because you are more focused on what people will think or how you feel than what God has called you to do. And I don't know what your comfort zone is, like I said, um, but we all have those things that we just don't do. Um, like for me, I just, I don't ride roller coasters. That's not something that I like to do. Um, I don't do heights really. I don't like people go up to the top floor and look down. Like that's not something that if you do that, I just know I won't be with you. You can send me pictures. I actually don't even like looking at pictures that are high up in the sky. I'm more so just like my feet to be on the ground, but we all have things that we, we don't do. We, we, well, you know what? I would join the dream team, but you know, I just, I'm not, I'm, I'm not somebody that could do that. I don't, I don't think I'm good, I'm good enough. I was talking to a young man this past week, and I was really pushing him into something that I feel like um, God has called him to do. And he was like, well, I just, I just can't do that because of this. I, can't just, I just can't do that because of that. And I was like, all right, I'm going to make you do it at the end of the month. And he was like, are you just going to put me on the spot? <laughs> yes, I'm going to just put you on the spot because God has a calling on your life, and I know that you're going to overcome it if you just will take one step at a time. And so it's not your comfort level will go up with it the more that you do it. Um, Three years ago, the first time that I spoke, I was like, I don't know if I can do this. I'm going to pass out. I don't want to do this. Stephen, please find someone else to do this. Anyone else, please, just anybody. Um, But now I'm a little bit more comfortable with it because I've done it. And so you won't overcome the fear of it or you won't overcome the uncomfortability of it until you step into it. Because moments of discomfort build our discipline. Um, you know, it's, it's this thought of like when you, when you squeeze an orange, you're expecting orange juice to come out. Um, when you squeeze any fruit, you're expecting that kind of fruit to come out. So when we're squeezed with discomfort, we realize what comes out. And when the wrong thing comes out, that's an opportunity for us to become disciplined. Like when I get squeezed, when someone cuts me off in traffic and the wrong word comes out and it's not, bless you, um, that's a moment for me to discipline myself and say, hey man, this is what you're supposed to do. And discomfort It's not something that I learned about from a book, even though there's tons of books on it. You could probably go read one. Um, But when I was like 18, 19, Pastor Stephen called me up and said, hey, man, I think you should move to Arkansas and you should help me plant a church in Rogers. And it's going to be good. And I was like, I am from Louisiana. That is eight hours away. We have great food here. I really like it here. I don't want to go. Um, but I felt like it's something that I, I should do. So then I moved in with him, and at the time he didn't have an extra room. We had one room that was like a, um, was the office. This was before the church even started, and it was in Hot Springs Village, which was like somewhere I had never been, and it was a room, and he was like, "I got a cot and I got a closet in the office, and you could sleep on the cot and you could put your clothes in the closet. And so I literally spent like 16 hours a day in the same room, like six, eight of them were sleeping, and eight of them were working in the office, and it was not comfortable. <laughs> And then we moved up here, and he was like, all right, you can find an apartment. There was like three random dudes that I didn't really know that well. He was like, y'all can all be roommates. That was not comfortable. Like I, I'm like, I don't like these people yet. <laughs> I don't want to live with them. And the reason that I know discomfort brings a blessing is because my life has been more blessed being up here and deciding, hey, I'm going to step into discomfort. There was a time when I was working at Slim Chickens, and I was riding my bike 30 minutes because I didn't have a car yet because I was trying to save money. And that was not comfortable. Like, I got to work tired. Like, you ever get to work, and you like, I got an eight-hour shift, and I'm already ready to go to sleep right now. My legs were burning. I'm trying to run back and forth and bring people chicken. And I'm like, do we have any scooters? Like, can we do this? (laughs) Can we go Sonic route? Can I get some rollerblades or something? Like, it was not comfortable, but God showed me some things in that season that I would not trade for anything because it, it produced some perseverance in me. It produced some things in me. It produced some character in me. It showed me how to work hard. And so um, dis- discomfort can be a blessing if you allow it to. And this is why we encourage people to serve. This is why we tell people to go to Framework. We don't think it's going to be comfortable. We already know this is going to be an inconvenience. You're going to have to get your kids up earlier. You're going to have to get here. You're going to have to be here earlier than everybody else. You're going to have to stay later. You're going to have to go to back at 8 o'clock. We know that this is uncomfortable, but we know what it produces. And so we're not... That's why we're not, like, trying to beg people to do something. We're actually unleashing you to be all that God has called you to be. And so if you haven't been through Framework, I want to encourage you, step into that and serve and put your hand to something and see if God doesn't take your discomfort, come on, and, and, and accelerate you into your calling. And so the first thing, the first blessing in disguise is discomfort. And then the second one is disappointment. Um, and I know I haven't been around the block that long. Um, I'm, I'm a lot younger than some of you. Some of you, I'm a little bit older than um, but I have been around long enough to know that people will let you down, okay? Anybody ever been let down by, pe- by people? Don't raise your hand. Don't point at them. You know, fellas, that not be, this is not the time to be like, look at your wife, like, yeah. This is, I'm just going to tell you from experience this is not what you want to do. Um, but people will let you down. But it's more so about how you recover from disappointment that can really bring a blessing into your life. And so I want to look at 1 Peter 5, um, verse 6. Through eight. And right here, Peter was talking to elders, and he was talking to young men, and he, he had told the elders, hey, you got to watch over these young men. Watch over the people that God has sent you. And then he told the young men, hey, you need to be humble. You need to submit. You need to honor those who have gone before you. You need to love them. And so right after that, this is what um, Peter says. He says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Here's the thing. When people let us down, we have an opportunity. Um, We can either shut down and and allow that, come on, to cause us to be hurt and be mad and and, and not want to be in relationship with them, or we can respond how the Bible talks about. And honestly, I believe that when people let you down, it's a perfect time for God to lift you up, Um, When people let you down, it's a perfect time for you to, come on, get closer to God, cast those things on him. Because I got to be honest, um, the last couple of weeks, I've been a little disappointed um, with just things going on in the news and seeing stuff and and just having all these thoughts and all these emotions. And, and, And last Friday, it was really hard for me because I just felt overwhelmed. I felt like man, I feel like this country should be further along than this. I thought we were better than this. Like, this really, this really hurts me. And, and I didn't know where to go. I didn't know what to say. But I had a moment where I just spent some time with God. And I was just like, look, God, this is where I'm at. These are my raw emotions. Like, I am disappointed. I am hurt. I am broken. And me casting my cares on the God is a lot better than me, come on, ranting on Facebook about people. <laughs> Me casting my cares on God is a lot better than having some passive aggression and, you know, um, when you get into it with your wife and you leave the shoes out in front of the door so that she trips over them so that she knows that you're mad. Like, you know, that's how I handle stuff in my house, you know. But um, me casting my cares on God is a lot better because here's, here's the reality um, is that sometimes people let you down, they'll disappoint you, and they will apologize and, it, and you can move forward. But some people don't. Some people are just like, I don't care, whatever, I don't care if you're mad, it's whatever. And we still, as Christians, we still have to have the right response in the midst of that, and that can be really, really difficult. But can I remind you that God's plan for your life is always bigger than your greatest disappointment. Um, God's plan for your life is still big, even when people let you down, even when that one person you thought would never let you down um, let you down, God is still there for you. Um, In other words, people disappoint, but God never does. Um, God is always true. God is always faithful. And so I wish I could tell you that there was some magic thing that you could say to all the people in your life to let them know that they will never disappoint you again. But it just doesn't happen. Um, In real life, people let you down. Maybe um, the disappointment didn't come from a person, but maybe it came from from an event or something that happened like quarantine. Come on, maybe quarantine has been a disappointment for you. I'm an introvert, so like the first few weeks, I was like, yes, this is what I've always wanted in my life. This is great. I'm going to be in the house all day. Um, But maybe quarantine has brought a lot of hurt and a lot of pain and a lot of frustration to you and your family. But um, maybe the isolation has has been not good for you. But for us, like I realized, okay, we're quarantined, so maybe it's time for us to bring some more intimacy into our home. Maybe it's time for us to to bring back some of the things that maybe we had lost. And maybe in your life during quarantine, there's been some some things that maybe you thought you were good in your relationship with God, but now he's starting to reveal some things to you and you're starting to see, okay, I can use this moment to grow. Maybe you lost a job, but there's a business on your heart that you were supposed to start three years ago. God put it in your heart to start it. Maybe now is the time to start that. Maybe, come on, you, you thought you could sing so good. And then you sang in front of somebody, and they were like, "It's all, I mean it's all right, but you could le- you could use a little work." Thank God for those people who are honest with you, because I would hate for people to tell me for fifteen years that I could sing and I was just cold and I was going to be the next you know worship leader of the century, and then I get in front of people and I sound terrible. But you could use that criticism, that time, that maybe that was a little bit disappointing, maybe it hurt your feelings a little bit, and you can use that to get better at the thing that God has called you to do, take your disappointment um, and, uh, and pour those things onto God and allow him to minister to you. Because my point is this, um, disappointment can either shut you down or cause you to rise up. So when you get disappointed, you can either go, you know what, I'm done. I'm disappointed. My feelings are hurt. I'm not going to do anything else because no one likes me and they're all rude. And you can just stay at your house and do nothing. Or you can say, you know what, I am disappointed right now. I'm going to have that real emotion and share that with God because it's not a bad thing to be disappointed. Uh, we've all experienced it. It's, it's what you do with that disappointment. And so you can take that and, and, and go to God and he can um, restore those things in your heart that are broken. Real quick, I wanted to put um, a diagram up on the screen that um, I'm just more of a, a visual learner sometimes. So I wanted to put it up here um, so we can kind of look at. Um, What this looks like and kind of the decision that we have because ultimately you being blessed is a decision that you're going to make And as we look at this, um, I want to look at discomfort real quick whenever you uh, face discomfort You can choose two things. You can choose to stay in your comfort So you can say you know what? I'm not comfortable with that. I'm gonna stay where I'm at I'm not gonna do anything about it, but ultimately in my life um, And I can just tell you what's happened with me whenever I stay in comfort for a long time over time I start to feel stuck and I start to feel like there's nothing I can do. Come on. I can only watch so much Netflix before I start to be like, oh, my goodness, I am doing nothing with my life. And I, I, I feel stuck. I don't know if anyone has ever felt stuck before. But, but a lot of times when I trace it back, it's because I've chosen comfort over stepping into the thing that God has called me to do. Um, or you can choose challenge. So the second thing you can do is you can choose the challenge. You can say, you know what? I know I'm not comfortable with this, but it's a challenge. It's the next step in my faith, and I'm going to take it. And ultimately, that leads to, ho- to hope in your life and having hope that there's more in you than what you've been through. Come on, there's more that you can do because this is what, that's what Romans 5 says. We glory in our sufferings because suffering produces perseverance. Per- perseverance produces character, character hope, and hope doesn't put us to shame. So you can be shameless knowing that I have a hope for my life because every time I step into a challenge, God has caught me. Every time I step into a challenge, God has sustained me. Every time I step into a challenge, God has reminded me of his love. But when we say in the same spot, God has no opportunity to do those things. If you already have your comfort, then you don't have to lean on God. So if I just lay in the bed all day, uh, which we have a comfortable bed, and I just do nothing, I don't actually have to lean on God for anything because I'm not taking any risk with my life. I'm not taking any opportunity to do anything. I'm not taking any opportunity to tell my neighbor about Jesus. I'm not taking any opportunity to step into serving or do something that maybe the world is saying, hey, you don't have to do that. You don't, if you don't want to do that, you don't have to do that. But the Bible says that we are overcomers. And that, that we can't allow things to hold us down and hold us back from the thing that God has placed inside of us. The next thing I want to look at is when we come against disappointment. Um, you can choose to be offended. When you are disappointed, you can, be, you can choose to be offended at that person. You can choose to be offended at God. Because offense is a thing that happens, but offended is a choice that we make. If we want to stay offended, we choose that. And once you get offended, you're going to be isolated. Because as soon if Adam makes me mad, which never happens, by the way great coworker. No. But if Adam makes me mad, I can choose, you know what? I'm going to be mad at this dude for the rest of my life. I can be passive aggressive and I can step out of relationship with him. Because anytime you're offended at someone, you're not really in relationship with them. You're not really, come on, opening up to them. You're more you're tolerating them. Some of us have some coworkers that we just tolerate, but you're not in relationship with them. You're just tolerating being around them. But ultimately, that's going to isolate you. But if you will choose to overcome, If you will choose to pray and cast your anxieties on God because God cares more about you than anyone else can. And if you will choose to forgive and if you will choose to say, you know what? That was a moment, but that doesn't reflect how you feel about me. You love me. You're for me. And you will have the opportunity to step into intimacy with your kids, with your spouse, with the people you work with, with your friends. Come on, you will step with God. If you will just give him the things that you feel like he didn't do right. And you'll say, you know what, God, this, this hurt me, but I know that you're sovereign. You will have an opportunity to step into more intimacy with God. But I'll, I'll be honest, in order to, to overcome either one of these, you got to be vulnerable with God. you got to come to him. There's been moments where I was like, God, I feel like you've just been giving me discomfort after discomfort and hard thing after hard thing. And I feel like, did I do enough hard things yet? But it was in those moments that I was vulnerable with God that he took some of my biggest disappointments. And he turned him around and he, he changed my perspective because the blessing that happens when you go through discomfort and disappointment is not that you get something from it. It's not that you get like a material thing like, oh, you got your discomfort badge like that, that that's not what happens. What happens is you grow more in reliance on God and that's the blessing that you need. A lot of people can have nice things but I wouldn't confuse having nice things with being blessed. You can sell drugs to kids and get nice things. But if you're going to have blessing, you're going to have to be close to God. God blesses those who the world doesn't think should be blessed. You can look at um, the Sermon on the Mount. It talks about um, the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, those who are persecuted. Those are the people that God blesses. So we have to be mindful. We have to be mindful, and I have to remind myself that my blessing comes in my relationship with my Father. That when I'm close to Him, um, He can bless me. And God can bless anything. Any situation you go through, we read it. God makes all things work together for our good. God can bless anything that we go through, but the decision is on us to draw closer to him. But you can push away, and you can fight it and you can run away from it. But I wanted to remind you today um, that you're blessed. Rely on God and you'll be blessed. Rely on God and you will be blessed. And so um, a next step would be just to ask yourself, am am I running from discomfort right now? Is there something that God has been placing on my heart that um, I know I should be standing up to? I know I should be standing up against, but I'm just choosing to be comfortable right now. If that is the case, I would encourage you to pray this evening, pray this week and say, God, reveal those things to me. Reveal that fear in me. What is it? that is stopping me from wanting to step into what you've called me to do because that's not God's plan for your life. God's plan for our life is not to be comfortable the whole time and just chill. We're not on earth just to chill, but we're actually on earth to push the kingdom of God forward and we can't push the kingdom of God if we're about the kingdom of us because um, when I'm worried about the kingdom of us, come on, I'm just, I'm just trying to do what I want to do. I want to play the game, I want to hang out, I don't want to watch sports, I want to get on TikTok, I want to watch YouTube, I don't want to talk to nobody about God in my own flesh. But when I step into the things that God wants me to do, and I step into discomfort, I can do that. So I would pray about that. And then pray about those things that have been disappointing. Maybe you've been through a season of loss. Maybe you've been through a season of hurt and pain or Or maybe some people who are always there for you are no longer there for you. Or maybe um, you're just disappointed in how your parents responded to something or how your kids responded to something. And it's causing a rift between not only you and them, but you and God. And we have to be at the place to where we can go, hey, God, I'm disappointed. And you know what? I'm not going to choose to be offended because I don't want to lose my relationship with you. I just want to be open, and I want to be honest, and I want to be vulnerable, and I want to tell you how I'm feeling because this is where I'm at. And we have to do the same thing with people. Hey, you made me mad, (laughs) but I forgive you because I don't want to lose this relationship that we have. What blessings in your life are being disguised right now? What things... Are you missing right now because you're avoiding those things? And I would just encourage you to step boldly into them and not be so worried about what it's going to feel like because I promise you on the other side of discomfort and on the other side of disappointment is blessing. And that's not something I read. That's something that I've lived through. And I mean, you ask a lot of Christians, that's something that we've lived through and we've walked through. And so don't be afraid of that. Y'all pray with me real quick. God, we thank you that even in the midst of discomfort, God, you comfort us. God, you sent us your Holy Spirit, God, so that, so that we could walk with you, God, so that we could know how to overcome our comfort zones, God, so we can know um, how, how to be guided by you. God, I pray that discomfort wouldn't keep us out of our calling. God, I pray for anybody here right now, God, that's feeling stuck, that's feeling like they don't have a next step. God, I pray that they would just take that next step into, into faith. God, they would take that next step out of fear. They would take that next step out of anxiety, and they would lean on you more and more, each day. God, I pray for the disappointments in this room, God. God, the Bible says that you're close to those who are crushed in spirit. God, I pray that we would lean into that right now, God, that all the disappointing things, God, we would give them to you. God, we would write them down. God, we would speak them out of our mouths. God, we would would seek you today. God, that we wouldn't turn to to anyone else to, to, to vent, God, but that we would give you all of our anxieties, God, because we know that you care about us God I pray that as we leave today God we will remember that there are blessings in our life that are disguised God help us not to avoid those but help us to step directly into those in your son Jesus name we pray Amen Thank you for listening to this week's podcast we would love to hear how this message impacted you feel free to let us know on the contact us tab of the house website we hope you have a great week Thank you.